Episode 64. Okay, okay. This is a continuation of episode 63. So you literally cannot listen to episode 64 without listening to episode 63. So if you're continuing on the journey with Bobby and Leslie, let's get to it. If you haven't listened to episode 63, stop, rewind, go back in your podcast player and start with episode 63. Okay, ready? Let's dig in. What does a contraction feel like? How do I know if I'm in labor? And what does a day of labor look like? Wait, is this normal? Hey, I'm Heidi. My best friends call me Hydes. I'm a certified birth doula, host of this podcast, and author of Birth Story, an interactive pregnancy guidebook. I have supported hundreds of women through their labor and deliveries, and I believe every one of them and you deserves a microphone and a stage. So here we are. Listen each week to get answers to these tough questions. Birth Story, where we talk about pregnancy, labor, deliveries, where we tell our stories and share our feelings. And of course, chat about our favorite baby products and motherhood. And because I'm passionate about birth outcomes, you will hear from some of the top experts in labor and delivery. Whether you are pregnant, trying desperately to get pregnant, or you just love a good birth story, I hope you will stick around and be part of this birth story family. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and absorbing all of the information that you need for an amazing pregnancy and birth. My pregnancy guidebook and journal called Birth Story is available at birthstory.com. And as a listener of this podcast, I want you to have $5 off. Like I want you to listen to this podcast and engage with the book. So just use code birthstorypodcast when you get to check out. It is my thank you for supporting me. This pregnancy guidebook and journal is the best gift for you or anyone you know that is expecting. It's a 42 week by week guide to your pregnancy. It has birth affirmations, weekly journaling prompts with a full page for journaling every single week. It has all of the information that you need to connect to your pregnancy and have an empowered birth. So thanks for shopping at birthstory.com. Don't forget to use code birthstorypodcast for your $5 off. It's also available on Amazon, or if you prefer the audiobook, you can download it on your Audible app or at audible.com. Now, let's get to this amazing episode. Like, because yeah. if I'm your doula, I'm preparing you for 41 weeks and one day as a first time parent. And yeah. so I, my clients are very surprised when they go into labor at 37 weeks, except for my last four all <laughs> delivered at 37 weeks, but really? they're still surprised by it because I've prepared them for 41 weeks and one day of birthing. So will you share a little bit about like how, um, I don't know if you were induced or what, but like how, um, the end of your pregnancy went and how you moved into your birthing time yeah first of all like yeah like labor was like I don't know I I think it was amazing (laughs) I look back at it like kind of fondly like I just think it was such a cool mm, 12 hours but uh yeah so 
um, 37 weeks, three days. Uh, it was like the middle of the night. I was making one of my dozens of trips to the bathroom as we do. Uh, and then I was like crawling back into bed and I felt what felt like a water balloon popping inside me <laughs> and somehow locked eyes with Bobby and went, oh, am I allowed to curse on here? Yes. Cool. Fuck I like, yes. I was like, oh shit, oh shit. Oh my. Yeah, that's how, oh that's how I woke up. These two like big ass eyeballs oh looking at me just saying, oh shit, oh shit. And then I just like. I don't know, just ran back to the bathroom and was like, my water broke. Yeah. Not in like a, I mean, I guess we're kind of delirious because we were half asleep. But, you know, we were like, we were kind of on schedule. We had the house like most of the way clean. We had this final pile of a box of stuff. Like like a big purge. Like the dining room table was like the last thing. We had like a pile of stuff that we still had to like kind of sort through. And that pile, by the way, stayed for like a year. <laughs> I um, love that y'all were nesting in unison, by the way. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We were like really, you know, getting the house ready and stuff. And we were. We had our midwife. We, were, we had Molly. We, we were, took we, a class. We were like. We just had those time. next, yeah. even like one more week, we would have been like, the house would have been completely ready and stuff. But whatever. It did. But yeah, all right, I'll let, you let Lizzie take back over. But, but yes, yeah, so my water broke, which I'm like, I feel like in the birthing class, we were told it's like 10% of cases that that like, that like movie scene where you're like standing like in an office and you're like, oh my God, what splashed on my shoes? You know, <laughs> <laughs> run to those. Anyway, so that happened. I guess like, I don't know if this is good. In my mind, the good part was that I think I said to Bobby, like, well, we know we're definitely going to have a baby, like, in the next, I don't know, 24, 36 hours, like, however long they'll kind of let you go after your water breaks. I was like, so this is definitely happening. Because I think the other, I had mentally prepared for, you know, 41 weeks, 42 weeks, which I think is more uh, statistically probable. And then also, like, 40 hours of labor we had bought like we had like the yoga balls we had those fake candles like we just had like had everything i was like we're gonna do this bring in the zone it's gonna be like i don't know we're gonna go to walk around the park like we're gonna take our time and and just like i don't know it's really like ease into the whole thing and it was like it kind of it didn't go opposite it wasn't super fast but um everything happened pretty definitively and pretty quickly okay so yeah so my water broke then I did something I think for like a minute I was like paranoid that I wasn't feeling a lot of movement with the baby so I think I probably chugged some juice got some kicks I felt I felt relaxed I think we called the midwife and got like the the voicemail that was like if your water has broken and the color looks like this please call back at 7 (laughs) a.m. And so we decided not to bother the midwife. And we, I think, sent a text to Molly, who did text back right away. Our doula. Yeah, yeah, and was like, I will be there as soon as you need me. Just let me know. So we kind of relaxed for a bit. And I think once we kind of, like, knew those things were, like, what we were doing there, I did ridiculous things. Like, I opened my laptop and sent a series of, like, out-of-office messages, (laughs) including, like, an email to my design team where I really, like, took a lot of time to pick, like, the perfect, like, GIF, like, animated GIF to, like, put (laughs) in there that was, like, something about how it's go time. And everyone laughs about that, like, once they return to work. But I don't know, there was like kind of nothing to do for a few hours. Like it wasn't really having contractions, but I knew things were going to happen. I couldn't sleep. I was too like pumped up. And so I think that's what I did and like relaxed. And then we also were like, we don't have a bag packed. And so we were like just throwing things into bags. 
Um, yeah, so maybe that was like two or three hours, and then eventually some contractions started. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. gonna um, I'm gonna break in because I feel yeah. like you had like so many teachable moments <laughs> in these early hours that I just don't want to like I can't just gloss over do it, them. Do it. Okay. So the first thing is what you experienced. It's called prom. It's premature rupture of the membranes, and it's when the first sign of labor is your water breaking. And you nailed it. It's about ten to twelve percent of the time, and the data suggests that your body will naturally go into to labor within about six or eight hours, but it can take up to 24 or 48 hours. Mm. And the reason I want to bring that up is because Leslie, you and Bobby are all about breaking down some of these uh, societal things. And so Mm. there's, there is something we have to break down. And one of the things that you said is however long they, they let you go. (laughs) And we so easily, because medically we get scared, right? Mm-hmm. It's so like we, we just want our baby in our arms. And like there is a point in, in labor or pregnancy sometimes where we're like, I don't care. I just listen to you. Just do everything. Just make sure that my, this mm-hmm. baby, my baby c- comes home. My child comes home with me. And so we have this tendency in our culture to fall into like what this they will let me do (laughs) to my body. And so I just want to bring up that data. So yes, your risk of an infection called chorioamnionitis, which is an infection in the um, around the placenta and the amniotic fluid, it can cause an accelerated heart rate with mom and baby in a fever. It should be treated with antibiotics if that's something that one elects and it's a cause for concern but it is still pretty rare it typically happens when your water is ruptured for more than 24 hours mm-hmm. um in my personal career i really haven't seen it kick in too often before hour 36 or 40 so i do think 24 hours is still a little conservative but if anyone's listening and they find themselves at 37 weeks and three days like staring at their partner like wide-eyed and as like my water broke then just know like you had mentioned there wasn't a lot to do for a couple hours it usually it takes your body about six or eight hours to get with the program <laughs> to be yeah. like oh I guess we're having a baby today and then slowly usually the onset of labor begins and so um yeah it would be really normal to like you know send some emails um call the people that you need to call pack your bags all of that kind of stuff so it sounds like within a few hours you started to feel what what were you feeling in your body when it's things changed yeah I guess this is where it gets fuzzy but I know by maybe so if that was like 3 a.m. when my water broke by 6 or 7 a.m. I some I think I decided to take a shower like in my mind I was like I'm gonna make myself nice for this experience and then I think uh I think I started to have like more serious maybe I was having a few light contractions I had more serious contractions in the shower but then it um as as people tell you it it feels amazing just to be in the shower while you're having contractions so I'm pretty sure I stayed in there for like two hours, probably. Uh, that's where you were when Molly came. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. You have <laughs> right. amazing hot water quality. Oh yeah. Hours. We're in a, we're in, it's, yeah, that's when that's when it's that's the upside to being in like a building, you know, like, like a, a big, massive pre-war. Yeah, apartment building. <laughs> yeah. You're like, hope yeah. nobody else is bathing right now because it's all. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> then I think maybe at some point we 
Miles and Shower, we busted out the timer to start trying to time things. And maybe around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the contraction app. The old contraction app. Oh, yeah. And then around seven, I think we were like, actually, Molly, Dula Molly, it would be great if you came over. And uh, yeah, so maybe she came over at like eight. And then I think maybe around nine or 9.30, she was like, hey, your contractions are pretty close together. And I just checked the traffic because it was Monday morning rush hour (laughs) and we got to get in the car. (laughs) Um, So a lot of my laboring happened in a lift which was the, le- the least uh, awesome part, I think, of that whole day. But yeah, and the other, I think I kind of like started to really, I think from like maybe sh- the end of shower until wildfire arriving, uh, apparently my sort of game time, I don't know, power and coping mechanism was to just kind of like go look inside myself and like close my eyes and just like shut out the world and like breathe. So I'm pretty sure my eyes were closed like 90% of the time from 9 a.m. till 1 p.m. So I don't know if I know everything that was happening, but I do recall Molly getting on the phone with our midwife. This is where, I mean, in so many ways, Molly was amazing, but I think that's where it's like we really started to feel like like she's got us like she's yeah. on the team yeah like she's like we gotta go she's like i'm calling your midwife and i do recall like a very serious message to the midwife like because i think things did progress like a little faster than expected but she was like no seriously meet us at the hospital we're coming yeah from what i understand after the fact yeah that maybe like the midwife was kind of like nah yeah too fast <laughs> yeah. so we also we know after the fact just to kind of <laughs> foreshadow what's about to happen at the hospital we know after the fact that molly said that she had reached out to her doula network about tips on having a giving birth on the side of the road no i think that's why we were in the car she no, no, was that's, like, that's that's before. A, no 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 yeah. while we were in the car yeah we didn't know that until after i'm saying that oh, birth. Yeah. yeah so because that's how close she felt like we were yeah yeah that leslie was to giving birth um now is everyone in the same lift yeah Yeah, this is like probably a funny thing about like you know city like brooklyn and new york city birds is like pretty much no one no one has a car and like no one really lives like near the hospital or birthing center they're birthing at so it's like you have to calculate in this like commute time And, and then there's like this polite thing where you like get into the lift and, and like you like lay down like a plastic sheet just, just like a towel. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. How did um, the lift driver handle I know. That? I'm like, now I want to interview lift drivers I, in yeah. New York actually, City. They, they were so, they were very cool. They were unimpressed. They, they were very cool. And yeah, like a total New York, like. Yeah, aware, but, hundred times. <laughs> yeah, like like staying staying away. You know, not trying to like get involved, not not talking, like giving a space, but like definitely aware of what was happening, and like with the calmness, as if like this person had like this happens like once a week, which I know it doesn't. But <laughs> these lifts and cab drivers, they are so cool. They're like, we got this. It's fine. Yes. Okay, but I yeah. need to know like the layout. Like I need to understand like like where Bobby is, like where Mm -hmm. your doula is, like is, are you needing like a double hip squeeze or someone pushing on your sacrum? Like, do you, do you even remember what your needs were? Like what was Bobby doing? Yeah, there was some pushing. So Molly was in the passenger seat up front and coaching me on some things to do for Leslie. 
Um, and there was some, yeah, some pressing on your back. No, I think I was in a, I think I was in like a don't touch me mood, but I was like, at one point I was like, I really am feeling a lot of pressure. And Molly was like, Bobby, I'm going to need you to check what's going on oh, yeah. down there. Well, I was, yeah, I, was, I say, oh yeah, no, I mean, I definitely <laughs> remember that. I don't know if you trust me. And, um, yeah, so I, I think for me, this was like, this was my, like, this is like, this is the moment I'm most proud of. And not to say that like what I did is compared to anything with Leslie, but I can just tell you that I never would have dreamed I could do this without passing out. And I think that I'm guessing, you know, it's also just some kind of primal thing in us that like, I just felt like I was also just doing things that I wasn't capable of and staying focused and supporting Leslie in a way. And like, that I normally wouldn't be able to with like that kind of level of emotions and hectic stuff going on. But, um, but yeah, so I had to, what was I looking for? I think you were trying to feel the head. Yeah. Was it, was it, was I really looking for it? Yeah, I think for hair. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, so. So it wasn't, no, that was, we weren't that far along, but I think that's when Molly was looking for some, support from her doula network about protocol because the, the yeah the bqe is like a major highway we were on in the city and it was like protocol for like there's not even really like a shoulder protocol yeah. for delivering from the side of the yeah. bqe yeah it would be like delivering on the beat like on the highway because yeah. there's not much um so yeah but yeah we eventually made it it was like an hour and a half in monday morning rush hour traffic but wait, no, I have so many questions though. Okay. Did you feel, did you feel ahead or was it like, no, I just feel vagina? I don't know. It's weird. So I don't remember. Um, I guess I was feeling, I thought maybe it was something else. Whatever Molly told me to feel for, I didn't feel. I do remember that. It was okay. so. Maybe uh, cervix. Maybe she was she was asking could, you Could to, that be? Yeah, yeah. Maybe she was asking you to feel for cervix. I think that I actually think that's okay. I think that sounds more yeah okay I'm just dying if you'd have looked at the Lyft driver and been like turn on the hazards like yeah. <laughs> this is happening we're doing it put on these scrubs yes. <laughs> now Leslie when we're in our like like Bobby's talking about being in their primal body but like when you're in this situation you're in your primal body too and what I've noticed is that moms in their primal body typically aren't nervous like they're not able to like they don't know if they're on a highway or they're in a hospital or in their house and they don't give two shits either so were you like deep into that primal self where you were like i'm having a baby we're and we're good here or were you panicking a little bit um no no i think yeah i think it's kind of uh, yeah i never i don't know i never really like talked to anyone about this and, and heard the different language people use but yeah i would say like i was somehow in a primal self but that was very like just trying to like shut everything out and in a way like focus to cope. Cause I mean, you know, the contractions were pretty painful. And so, yeah, like my eyes closed and I was like moaning, mm-hmm. like some deep, some deep moans and maybe just opening my eyes every once in a while. Cause I have like little flash memories. It's like, okay, we're in this neighborhood. Okay. We're in the BQE. Like, okay, we're finally in Manhattan. Like so slight awareness of the journey, but like just trying to like, do my job just like just like focus yeah and, and deal and and then that I guess that's where like the marathon metaphor is pretty good it was like kind of just like just game time just like 
Yeah. Just be be in this. Mm-hmm. We use this word a lot, surrender, like when we just mm-hmm. surrender to kind of like what's happening and what's going around. Like, I know you surrendered very early on, Leslie, because you had a short labor and yeah. it just goes hand in hand. My parents that are able to sur- both parents at the same time in connection with each other, when they are able to surrender to the birthing process, it goes much um, mm-hmm. more smoothly and it's much shorter. It's just shorter labors. So yeah, everything yeah. that you're describing tells me that you and Bobby were really in sync. You were in sync with your doula. You were surrendering to the process and, and that moaning and that primal, we call it the labor zone. And it's yeah. actually your body, like physiologically speaking, it's your body flooding you with natural opioids. And so you're from a physiological primal standpoint, you're actually super drugged. (laughs) Like there are a lot of addicts that like will talk about, I've interviewed a couple on the podcast, but they'll talk about their birthing time is like, oh my God, it was the best high Mm. I've ever had since I got sober. Good. Yes. it's, It's amazing. So Heidi says this one thing that, you know, women and birthing people love and she says roar your baby out and really tap into that primal being and it's interesting you said one thing that I say to my clients where I really talk about going inward and I think there is part of your primal being that you connect with that lets you know that you are stronger um, in a physiological standpoint than you may feel mentally And it's something that when you choose to embrace, I tell my clients, don't underestimate your badassery. And so Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where when you embrace that, like, you can do this, you know, Heidi said, the labor amount of time is significantly different than other birthing persons who may not surrender. Yeah. Yeah. So did you go into this process, like wanting to have a natural birthing experience? Like, and by natural, I mean, unmedicated yeah yeah that was also part of like the sort of i don't know evolution and like education we had when we started like learning more about the decisions you need to make and the different options i just i think by default i was like i'll be in a hospital and i'll be medicated and then i just learned that you know it doesn't have to be that way and i don't want it to be that way and and um actually i was trying to think there was like i basically read like two books (laughs) during pregnancy and one was um expecting better which is this Mm -hmm. super like yes like you know statistical uh very like yeah like factual approach and then uh who's the really famous midwife Ina Mae Gaskin I know Ina Mae and then yes like one of her books and then I was like and it was yeah I mean they were you could say opposite but also complimentary and I was like and just from yeah from Ina Mae I was like oh like like our bodies are made to do this. Like everyone's been doing this for like, you know, hundreds of years. Like, why do I need this to be medical? Like my body can do this. And so I was like, yeah, that's my approach. It's like the body can do this. It's going to be like an amazing experience, maybe even enjoyable. And like, yeah, like I just wanted to have that happen. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad that that was your plan because when you're in the lift saying there's pressure and you're primal and I'm like, Colin and I know where this is ending. We looked at you each know? other and we were like, oh. <laughs> okay. So you get to the birthing center, or at least you get to the hospital. Do you get to the birthing center part of the hospital? 
I do not. You do not. Okay, but do you get do you get inside the hospital? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's not that dramatic. But actually, the last leg was kind of funny because this hospital sort of had like a driveway you could drive up to if you kind of make the the right turn, and the driver missed the turn, and so instead you'd have to go like around a city block, like which could take you know in traffic like in ten tra- oh, in yeah. ten ten fifteen minutes. Oh, more, yeah. And, Who knows? And I was like, do not do. Like, I, like, it's like the only mean instruction. I was like, stop the car, I'm getting out. And then I had to go up like a bunch of flights of stairs. You too. You were, I think you were from when we got in the car to when you gave birth. I think you came out of the zone two times. One was to say that and one was to, <laughs> the driver put on some song that you just were like not feeling. It was like Christmas music. Oh, maybe it was like Christmas music. Yeah, it was something. And Leslie was just like, change it. Change this. <laughs> And that's it. Those are the only two times you really like came out and everything else you were just in like this yeah, pretty warrior big. mode, but not in a panic, just no. like in just like a, in a, it's just a zone. Really. But also because I felt like completely safe and taken care of because I knew you were there and your Molly was there. And like the, the only thing I needed to do was like, I don't know like yeah just kind of deal and, and enjoy and be present and like everything else about like getting into the room or like who has my bag or you know like I didn't need to think about any of that yeah now did this goes into kind of the advocacy piece that we were talking about before with kind of like now you get to this hospital and you're trying yeah. to go to the birthing center and I'm assuming that your doula Molly has like a birth plan does yeah. she have anything like with your wishes on language and that kind of thing like that's I was curious about like when you're approaching the hospital is there a plan because mm-hmm. you know gender open parenting isn't going to be the norm right now even though it should be um yeah. with medical language and so like was Molly just running that show as you're walking in the door like um, directing or was that Bobby like yeah. we I mean she knew see what I'm getting at you knew. know what I mean yeah. yeah I think maybe Molly was running interference a little bit with like some of the nursing stuff so they weren't like what are you having that's oh, what no. I mean like no. okay because no, we had I mean we had like even when we were meeting doulas that was something we brought up when we were meeting midwives that's something we brought up we made sure everybody was not just like okay with it but like comfortable with it and also because of what we were doing Mm. with the birth certificate I was in contact with the hospital for like months before to try to I was just I try to get everything in place as birth certificate goes so we didn't have to like do anything day of I just I knew we weren't going to be in the headspace to like have arguments or try to like do things administratively so um, we wanted to make sure that we had a midwife and a hospital that were who were going to like follow our wishes for the birth certificate. Okay, yeah. so you're walking in, waddling in, I don't know, holding your baby in at this point to the hospital, yeah. and Basically. but you, but all of this is already like pre-taking care of. Okay, yeah. that was important. I need like this yeah, was a yeah. piece of the story that I was missing, and so I was like, oh man, they're gonna walk in and the nurse is gonna do this whole sweet like, yeah, what are you having, you know? And then yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, crush it. Okay, so good. So this whole environment has been pre-planned and is being controlled. All right, now the listeners are like, Heidi, stop talking. She is about to birth her baby. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I want to hear, like, now, I, okay, you're in the hospital. Now what happens? 
eight to nine you're eight to nine centimeters yeah i think it was like this dramatic entrance and like like waddling up the stairs and i'm pretty sure like a complete stranger came out to help me walk in it was yeah i mean <laughs> you would we should have never had to take the stairs but it's because the driver missed the turn i mean i'm not complaining but so we had to do this ridiculous like you know it was like out of a movie like we're like staring at these stairs <laughs> and i'm just like how the hell are we gonna get you up these stairs like, this is ridiculous. Like, as yeah. soon as you said stairs i was like bold move guys like <laughs> right. whoa but like molly like, like as doulas and molly we're probably like yes walk that baby do out. those stairs <laughs> at the top of those stairs is the baby like this mm -hmm. is gonna progress labor this is gonna finish yeah. it off um but yeah there we got in i recall sitting in like a wheelchair and getting like wheeled up to the triage floor we were aware that i had to mm -hmm. at least triage before they said if i was going into the birthing center or a hospital room and uh or like a labor room and um i mean i feel like basically what happened is i failed triage <laughs> like that's my thing here but i guess what happened was that the they they were detecting like a more like a sporadic heartbeat for in wildfire which you know, like after some reading, I'm like, of course, because that's what happens because the heartbeat changes through contractions, but it's like not really, in a, we're not really in a place to like argue in that moment. And so for that reason, they wanted me in like more of a hospital room than the birthing center. I think it's, and also from what I understand, it's like, it's not the, in this situation, because I did ask about it because I was, I was like trying to, obviously I advocate yeah. for Leslie. I like really made sure from the midwife that that's what we had to do. But I think these are like hospital policy, you mm -hmm. know, and like the midwife is working or contracted with the hospital and like has to follow, like, you know, Leslie has to check off these things in order to go to the birthing mm -hmm. center. It's not like a gray area. I think you got to meet certain numbers. And yeah. so the heart rate was a little bit too, I thought it was, it was just said the heart rate was too, uh, it was too fast. Uh -huh. Yeah. I think that's so what it, I think wildfires heart rate was too fast. And, uh, yeah, so I was definitely bummed because it was, I was kind of like, it's already happening. You know, I was well aware that like things had gone. The, by the way, the, I like used to, the job I was working in, I like do like parent child music classes. So like all I've ever heard is birth stories for like, <laughs> for, like forever. And, and after Leslie got pregnant, I was like specifically like, I wanted to hear everything from everybody, all the parents that were in my classes. So I knew that you know, things don't always go as you plan. And um, so it was kind of yeah. a bummer as soon as we get there to like already kind of go off course. So I was nervous about that, but it ended up. Yeah, and I understand in the grand scheme of things, that's like barely off course for yeah. what people might wish for their birthing story. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And then just to put some people at peace too, because like, and this may bring Thanks. you guys a little bit of clarity too, but a fast heart rate, especially at the end. So typically we would see heart decelerations when the head is getting squeezed. So the accelerated heart rate is there's, you know, and I'm not a doctor, this is me speaking as a doula, but there are two like main um, things that can typically 
cause a heart a high heart rate at the end and the first is dehydration so mm-hmm. I just don't know like if that was you know part of your story at all um, but the second is yeah, when your water is broken yeah. you can start to get an infection that chorioamnionitis that I had mentioned mm-hmm. and then the one of the markers of that is the accelerated um, heart rate so I mean most likely it was probably a little dehydration and it's the end of um, the end of your birthing time and so um the our uh children tend to respond to the contractions in different ways and so anyone listening i just don't want anyone to be scared it is it's it's more normal to have either heart decelerations or heart accelerations at the end of your labor Mm -hmm. than it is to have just like this perfectly um, you know, yeah. going heart rate. So, so bummer for you guys that you didn't get to the birth center, but was your midwife and Andula able to stay with you at the hospital? Oh yeah, definitely. The midwife okay. still did the labor, but yeah. So we finished triage. That was the only time I feel like I started like to feel a little panic, not about the heart rate. Cause I was just like, everything's going to be fine. Everyone's taking care of everything. But I feel like the contractions at that point, I remember that I had to like stand to, I don't know, switch rooms or go in a wheelchair. And I just remember like my legs almost like buckling under me because the contractions were like so full body and, you know, like you just feel sort of like out of control. Um, That's the only time I was sort of like overwhelmed by the feeling. But, uh, that means that you hit transition. Like, That's transition. Oh. <laughs> right in <laughs> the yeah. middle You're of the really, like, decoding my whole story. I love this. <laughs> uh, this is when I typically look at my, um, you know, friends in the eyes and I say, welcome to transition, <laughs> you know? Oh, cool. um, so that's hard. That's hard work when, when we're that far into our primal self. And then we have to like switch rooms. I mean, it is there's no way to describe how difficult of a task that is um, when you're consumed from head to toe in surges. Um, Yeah. Yeah, So did you make it to the room? Yeah. So we made it to the room. I think I like got comfy and then I don't know, within like everyone, (laughs) everyone got comfy. Everyone got set up and within like, I don't know, 15 minutes or something. Yeah. It was like, it was, it was was like, midwife was like, do you feel like pushing? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And then I think I maybe pushed three times and had a baby. Wow. Oh my God. My jaw just hit the floor. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they were big. Oh yeah. They were fierce. I've never seen like, it was, it was, it's just wild to see. Yeah, to have like to see you like that, like in that, like, like I don't know, just your fate, like that intense and like that red and like veins popping out of your forehead and stuff. I mean, it's no, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and it's like it's. I was just in awe. I was like just watching, like just, just I don't know. It was it was amazing. Um, it's almost like she yeah. was pushing herself to the finish line of the end of a marathon. <laughs> marathon. Wait a um, but yeah, so it's it's like we didn't go to the. Bur- it's a, it's a really, it really didn't matter. Mad. It didn't really matter. It was like the difference of like if there was like no. flowers on the table. Probably. No, it's a difference of nine hundred dollars. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> In in New York City, like hospital rooms, if you want to stay in a private room after like a recovery room after your baby's born, it's nine hundred dollars a night, not covered by insurance. But if you give birth in the birthing center, you can stay. I don't know if it's as long as you want, but for like at least one or two nights, and it's all included. And that was 
I mean, I'm a little bitter about that. It's $900 a $900? night and insurance doesn't cover it. No. I legitimately thought you said they were going to charge you by the push, though. And I was like, yeah. I was like, might as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So it's important. So let's just like, let's check our privilege. Yeah. So like we were privileged to have been able to do that. Yeah. And a lot of people cannot do that. And but, um, no, the first night is covered. Um, yeah. But after that, oh, yeah, yeah. The room. and I'm not saying that it's a horrible experience to be in a room with other people, but. It just it the just, privilege of having the option. Yeah, yes, because and I, know, I think it's a city thing. It's just like real estate is precious. There's no space for every, you know, and so I don't think it would even come up like somewhere more spacious. But yes, we had the option, and that's yeah, yeah. No, it's a really it's interesting. So we're in Charlotte, North Carolina, and all of our hospitals, every single room is private. So yeah. even if you come in with no insurance, if you come in with Medicaid, like you still get a private birthing suite for your entire stay, and no matter which hospital that you're birthing at in our area. Um, yeah. Now, Just if you're throwing could, this in there, the lift probably would have only been thirty thirty dollars. Maybe we'll Good send point. the podcast to Lyft and be like, "We mentioned your brand so many times <laughs> yeah. that the least yes, you could do back. is give Bobby and Leslie their money back." <laughs> oh, okay. So you push three times. Now they emerge. And yeah. are they small or medium or big? You know, yeah, like I'm just dying to know what the birth weight is with three pushes. Oh, so. Yeah, yeah. So it's small, on the smaller side, six pounds, three ounces. Okay. So that, I mean, and that maybe. And that was yeah, at three so weeks like, early, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Like, I wonder if, you know. That's on the big side, like normal to big side for 37 yeah. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that probably um, helped with it being such a, I don't know, like a, I don't want to say easy, an easier process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bobby, I want to hear from you on... Did you like? I always say, like, are you a North person or a South person? I'd say knees up, knees down. <laughs> right. So oh, yeah. we know that you so. we you fished for the cervix already. Like this is established. And um, but were did were you able to watch your child emerge and be birthed or uh, like tell me about what yeah. that experience was like for you as a witness? Yeah, I mean, I'm really glad that. I guess I don't remember who was the midwife for the doula that aspect so I was with at Leslie's head for a bit just like I don't know holding your hand like just like touching your forehead and just being there because that's where it seemed like I should be and then somebody said do you want to stand over here I don't even remember who said it and if I think back I remember it just felt like um I couldn't say no. Like, I guess I would have been embarrassed to say no, honestly. I never, I hadn't put a lot of thought into standing. It's weird. Yeah, I hadn't put a lot of thought into it. So I'm so grateful that somebody asked me. And, um, and yeah, so I like, you know, walked around and stood and yeah. And then I watched, yeah, I would say that like, I'm not going to say that my, I watched like a hundred percent and I definitely was checking back with like, and looking at Leslie and back and forth and um but yeah 
Um, I'm I'm really I'm grateful for where for where I was standing for sure because I always say just, the birthing partner parent it's one of the most I always get weepy I'm like super emotional about everything and it's one of those things where you fall in love with your you know partner or spouse or something or other all over again in a new way um, mm-hmm. you get to look at them and you get to say not only are you my person but you are one of the most badass people I've ever seen. Yeah, and totally. you're the parent of my child, which like you, you look at them and you were like, you are so cool. Yeah, so, that's exactly how that's how that's like, I'm probably used <laughs> a lot of those words. That's exactly how I describe the experience. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I guess I don't talk about this a lot with other people. It's cool to hear that that's like a more of a common thing. Is it common for the uh, birthing person's partner to be crying and oh, for yeah. the person giving birth to be basically like, I mean, after laughing. the kid is born to be like laughing? Yes. 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 What, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's kind of deliriously like in the laughing in a sort of I like kind of felt, surprised way. I kind of felt like hung out, like, like left out on my own. Like I thought like we were all going to cry here. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's just like all of the endorphins and hormones just like shooting through Leslie is like, it's just like makes you like delirious or something and laughing and. I don't know. I feel like my my emotion was like like happy surprise and awe. Like what? This little human just came out of me. Yeah. It's like I couldn't believe it or something. Like I just woke up. Right. Like 12 hours ago, like I was just sleeping and I thought I was getting up to pee. What just happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went into labor land and then I opened my eyes and there was a tiny baby right there. Pretty so, much. Yeah. Um, so Wildfire was healthy and was able to stay connected and stay on your chest for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Bobby, did you cut the cord? Was that something you were interested in? Uh, I did not. And I, and, and it was, and it was something I was not interested in. Yeah. We, yeah, we just like, as a, as a whole, just like, weren't ha, ha, are very like neutral about that. It wasn't, there was nothing about like that experience that was resonating with us. So I just, I had already decided. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Well, I think that's yeah. more common, actually. I think a lot of people put the focus on, did the other parent cut the cord? You know, and I think it's one of those things that a lot of people should not feel pressure about yeah. if that's not something they feel super passionate about, you know? Yeah. I cut yeah. more cords than any parent I've yep. ever worked with. Like, I would say seven out of ten of my um, couples have me cut the cord. First, it's like a symbolic thing for them. Yeah, Yeah. like a symbolic thing for them. Like that, I've seen them through their pregnancy and their birth journey, and then they're allowing me the opportunity, I guess, to um, help detach. (laughs) You know, I don't know. I like cutting cords. (laughs) If you ever cut a bungee cord tie down, you've done it. So there you go. So you have a doula, so I'm assuming like you let your cord stop pulsating and all of that. Did you encapsulate your placenta? We, I did not. Uh, Yeah, we kind of, I don't know. We were, I mean, we kind of were uh, questioning and and researching and thinking so much about so many aspects of this whole journey. And like placenta was when we were like, I don't know, I don't know. And we just kind of didn't look into, I I don't know if we had done more research, maybe I would have done something differently, but I was yeah, we didn't feel strongly about that. And I was like, 
I was one. I think I looked and took a photo and then was like, okay, bye, placenta. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) I was wondering since Bobby's Instagram handle is Bobby underscore black vegan. And Hmm. so this comes up a lot of with my vegan clients, (laughs) whether or not the placenta, the placenta falls into that. Get out of here. That's that's gobbledygook. Uh, Are there vegans that are saying that they can't? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Oh. And be like, can, about, you breath, can you like test feed your baby? Yeah. Is your own milk vegan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love uh, that, like, Bobby, this is the one, like, he's like, oh, I was, or they were like, I'm neutral about this. We didn't feel yeah. super. And then yeah. you're, you're like, the placenta, placenta the is vegan, vegan, that is gobbledygook. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, you're so hype about it. <laughs> no, it's just like, come on. That, like, this is the point of it. Yeah, of course, the placenta. It has, placenta has nothing to do with veganism, neither does, you know, no, <laughs> breast milk or anything like that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> now, Leslie, were you were you interested in breastfeeding? Yes, and I think that is one of the the challenging parts of like my our whole journey. I think, I think it def- almost defined it. Really. Yeah, yeah, that was hard. I mean, which I know is hard for so many people, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've done like some trying to do some reading and learning in advance it's something i wanted to do and 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 was like always i don't know kind of anxious about it even just like looking at like i remember in the birthing class there were some videos of i don't know of people yeah like chest feeding and and colostrum and all those things and i was just like i don't know i'm just having this like a really negative visceral reaction to it i don't know why it's like very overwhelming to me um but i not that i conjured up the outcome that happened but no i had a lot of trouble um, breastfeeding and uh, yeah for at least six weeks after wildfire was born um, but it was also it was not just important because it was not just something I wanted to do but also it's very challenging um, there aren't really other options if you're now let me go back to the vegan thing there aren't really other options if you're vegan there's no vegan formula available in this in this country in this country yeah so if I'm not breastfeeding, then the, then the other option is donor milk, which I'm, you know, totally um, support, but like we kind of just hadn't done any research. So, and you're, you know, in this like delirious state and it's like day three and you feel like you're worried your baby's not getting enough milk and then you need to like start researching about donor. I don't know. It was just kind of, it felt complicated. So I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. And mm-hmm. so I already have societal norm or pressure that as women or birthing people that our bodies are supposed to be able to do something easily. Um, And so I think that that transfers over to breastfeeding or chest feeding. You see a lot of these parents that have these experiences and it looks so beautiful and elegant and it doesn't show the bleeding nipples or, you know, the late night of, you know, staying awake trying to do this. And so there's a lot of unspoken guilt and shame that people that are chest feeding or breastfeeding feel. And I think that reaching out for help is sometimes difficult because you feel like I'm supposed to be able to innately do this. And this is biologically something I'm supposed to be able to do. And so, you know, I think the fact that you're talking about that it was difficult for not just three days, not just two weeks, struggled for six weeks, but you made it through dealing with that emotionally. And it's a big deal. Yeah. Persevered, girl. There's a common theme going on in this like starting with the marathon you know and the perseverance and you know all 
all of that. I'm so proud of you, Leslie. I'm so proud of you, you, Bobby. I mean, what a beautiful journey and what a beautiful birth story. And I mean, I've really enjoyed the last, I don't know, how long have we been talking? An hour and a half that we have been sharing with each other. And so, well, before we kind of conclude the podcast, because telling your birth story was really important on this podcast, this specific episode, we've been sharing a lot about your birth story, but also about gender open parenting and some of the ins and outs with that. And so I think some of the takeaways that I have that if anyone is listening to this and they're feeling really inspired by your journey is that preparing in advance, like the advocacy with having the correct team, but also like you said, with the birth certificate and making sure that you're communicating with your birthing place and the state that you live in um, to kind of jump through some of these hoops, I would say that we have right now, at least in the United States that are kind of like barriers, I guess all over the world, but, but kind of barriers with gender expression. And so I'm just really proud of you guys reading this article and being inspired by it and then going on a journey to change the world. One tiny decision just sets a ripple effect off so that, like I said, that there isn't an... Like, I hope that there isn't another me and there isn't another Kaylee because I hope that all children, you know, I dream of a world where all children are raised with the ability to just be who they were born to be. There's a there's a common thread I think between our birth story and and you know the way that we're parenting with um, gender open parenting and I think it's like personal rights and freedom and like autonomy and like so you know it was important for us to be able to make decisions um, and have the kind of as much as we could control the kind of birth that we wanted to and Leslie wanted to have. And, you know, that same thing we're trying to, I guess, grant to like our child is just like autonomy over their everything, their gender, their choices, who they become, what they do, um, when they want to be happy, when they want to be sad, when they want to be angry, when they want to be jumping up and down. You know, we want this kid to just like have all the opportunity and yeah, I guess I, I always want to add that like, you know, we're we're doing something called gender open parenting or some people call it gender creative parenting where we didn't assign our kid a sex or gender and we're like they're young now, so we give you know, they we give them all different kinds of clothes and they have all different kinds of toys and they have all different kinds of experiences. And then they'll be able to as they grow, like, you know, find out who they are and like the things that they like and things that they don't like and we just follow their lead and about anything their likes their dislikes their identity their sexuality their career path all of that and we realize that any and all of those things could change over and over and we're just like in their corner you know we're their support team even though we've taken the step to not assign them a gender and also pronouns and we're using they, them pronouns in the neutral sense that the, at the core of what we're doing is like available to everybody, even if you already have a kid or maybe you just don't wanna do the they, them pronouns or maybe it's not safe for you, like your family, even your family or your community, it's just like not safe for you to do that. You can still do 
there's a lot of other steps you can take to like give kids, you know, all of the choices, all of the opportunities to do like whatever kind of activities they want and whatever kind of clothes they want to wear and whatever kind of really any, anything, um, and have it, have their experiences and the things that they interact with have nothing to do with their genitals because that's what this is like. That's the problem. It's like that we box these kids in. Yeah. It's not always easy because you know, it's maybe not the quote unquote norm right now. And of course we have like friends and family and strangers who in casual interactions, you know, if they ask me about our child and we, you know, explain, uh, briefly, usually, uh, what we're doing and, and the pronouns, you know, it doesn't, it's not always well received. Uh, but at the end of the day, it just like feels right. Like once we kind of learned about this and, and made this decision and committed, it's like, I don't know how we would raise our child like any other way. And so any struggle feels like completely worth it just to like give our child like choice and autonomy. So also, I just want to add, like, there is a lot of community with this. We are by far not the only family doing this, and mm. we're not the only family raising their kid with they, them pronouns. And then even in a larger sense, where there's an even bigger community of just people, families, and parents that are just fed up. They're just fed up with the gender stereotypes, and they want to erase them for their kids. So, yeah, I, I invite people to, like, there are Facebook groups. You know, there's a gender-neutral parenting Facebook group. And um, there's also a very specific Facebook group for people that are interested or currently doing what we're doing. Babies, uh, yeah, raising kids with they, them pronouns from birth. And also, yeah, my Instagram handle is Bobby underscore black vegan. And I am like more than willing to answer questions. Like I, I, I want anybody that has any question about gender and parenting to please like not hesitate to message me find me on Facebook. I just want to just like pay it forward. You know, we were lucky to have to read the article and we were lucky to have to, to find a community of people that could really help guide us. And I would just, I just continue to look for opportunities to do that for other folks. I'm really proud of you guys. And I'm really thankful for you and that I will probably be reaching out with my own set of questions because like I said, we're doing this in reverse. My boys are now, they know that the the language that we're currently using is still like he, him, boys. But then we tell them, like, if if we're getting this wrong at any point, yeah, does that make sense? They can speak up at any moment and let us know how they're feeling. I just Please wanted to so share that. Cool. Heidi, we're doing the same. We're doing the same thing. I include you in this like community. We're doing the same thing. We want the same thing for our kids. Like maybe we're doing it a little differently or maybe like we're doing it earlier or you're later, whatever, whatever the fuck, like we're, we're all like doing the same thing. We like want the same exact thing for our kids. And I think it's awesome. And we're like, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing the right thing. I don't know about some of the other stuff that I'm doing. Some of the question, you know, how good of a parent I am and like in other facets, but like we're doing, we're doing the right thing by giving these kids opportunities to be who they are and to express themselves the way they want. Like, I know that that part is right. Yeah. Well, um, what that part is, is unconditional love to your children. 
and it looks different for each family. So anyone who's listening, like your journey and your story may look a little bit different. You know, our version of unconditional love is my boys see that I unconditionally love their parent regardless of what their gender is and that they are free to change their gender even within the confines of a marriage and still be loved unconditionally. And so that means that my boys know and I'm sorry, like that, this is what I use as boys. <laughs> like there's a, but like my children know that they too are unconditionally loved because they're witnessing it. And wildfire knows that because they are living it. Thank you for being on the birth story podcast and sharing. And I, I encourage anyone who's inspired by your story to reach out to Bobby and Leslie. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Birth Story. My goal is you will walk away from each episode with a clear picture of how labor and delivery might go and that you will feel empowered by the end of your pregnancy to speak up, plan and prepare for the birth you want, no matter what that looks like. 